Well, good morning, beloved. I'm Jonathan Coleman, one of your pastors here at Anderson Hills uh, Church. We're in our second week of our Lenten journey through a series titled Redemption. This series is so beautiful. Just incredible stories of redemption found in the Old and New Testaments, uh, Old and New Testament of the Bible. Last week we examined being formed in the hands of the incredible, wonderful, masterful potter. God wants our hearts to be like soft clay in His hands. Today we're going to look at a story of redemption found in Hosea, another huge object lesson. And the story of Hosea and Gomer is powerful when it comes to redemption and our story inserted in that story. We're also going to look at one of the greatest storytelling movies of all time, Forrest Gump. So this message has PG-13 content. And I just want to put that out there. I know some of you are really, really near that, so just be aware. There won't be any graphic material up on the screen, but the topics are definitely more oriented to adults. Before we jump into the story, I want to share some things about the Bible that will help set and guide our context today. First of all, my friends, God is love. He literally cannot help himself but the love. It's his character, his automatic nature. 1 John 4, uh, 16 says, We know how much God loves us that we have put our trust in His love. God is love and all who live in love live in God. And God lives in them. It's who He is. He's obsessed with loving. It's His nature. He created you. And here's the deal. He knows everything about you. And that love is there. Especially in your hurt. Especially in your pain your habits, your hang-ups that you may have, and the things that you've experienced, the difficulties you've journeyed through on this journey called life. It's kind of scary to think that God does uh, know these things, but when you think about it, He still loves you in that. 750 years before Jesus was born of Mary... God gives perhaps the most ridiculous and obnoxious, in some ways, demonstrations of God's love. And it makes your mouth and jaw fall open. Hosea was a prophet. Many of God's prophets uh, just didn't speak their prophecy. They actually lived it out. And they literally experienced that. What God instructed them to do. And they were, like I said, object lessons to help understand the message that God wanted to speak to his people through the ministry of that prophet. And so one of the assignments from God was really difficult for Hosea, and nobody had it as bad as him. Hosea 1. When the Lord first began speaking to Israel through Hosea, he said to him, Go and marry a prostitute, so that some of her children will be conceived in prostitution. This will illustrate how Israel acted like a prostitute by turning against the Lord and worshiping other gods. What? Are you kidding me? Whoa. Can you be serious, God? Can you imagine being Hosea and hearing that word? But God was totally serious. 
This marriage will represent Israel's unfaithfulness to God. That Israel has run from God and abandoned God and turned toward false gods and idols. And so Hosea marries a woman, a prostitute named Gomer. Ladies, can you imagine being named Gomer? Just for a second. I automatically default to Gomer Pyle. <laughs> Your mom gives you that name and chuckles. <laughs> So why would a person choose to become a prostitute? It's been called the world's oldest profession. Although I think farmers will take note of that and have different opinions. But you have to make money. And you get desperate to make ends meet. And you can't find a better way to do so. So in Hosea's day, women had fewer uh, options for employment. So if a woman found herself unexpectedly widowed or divorced, she often turned to prostitution. When Hosea married Gomer, he saved her life from prostitution. Hosea was a prophet. He was a respected man of God, and he had a job. It was a little bit about uh, like Mark Putman's job and my job, but different in some ways. So in our context, we could look at it and say, wow, maybe we have a single pastor on staff, and that single pastor chooses to marry a prostitute. It's gracious, but it's also scandalous in some ways. And as you read this text in the Bible, you're like, what is going on here? But Gomer is saved from this dangerous, messy, evil life. She has a roof over her head. She has clothes on her back. She has good food to eat. And all of it is paid by Hosea's work as a prophet. Forrest Gump tells this love story of a very simple-minded man. And it's almost by accident and random He's extremely successful at everything he attempts. I don't know if you've seen Forrest Gump. It came out in the early 90s, and he joins the military, and he ends up earning a Medal of Honor. He uncovers the Watergate scandal. He becomes a world champion ping pong player. He runs back and forth across America for three years. He starts a shrimp company and becomes a multimillionaire. He becomes a world-class inventor, an accidental inventor of many cultural hits from bumper stickers to t-shirts. But these things don't even compare to one thing that Forrest does better than anything. He loves a girl named Jenny. He names his boats after her. Jenny and Forrest become inseparable as friends in childhood. And Jenny sticks up for Forrest when he experiences abuses from others. And Forrest is there dealing with her uh, drunk father, her abusive father. He's beside her. Let's look at this first clip titled, Make Me a Bird. Now, remember how I told you that Jenny never seemed to want to go home? Well, she lived in a house that was old as Alabama. Her mama had gone up to heaven when she was five, and her daddy was some kind of a farmer. Jenny? He was a very loving man. He was always Jenny? kissing and touching her and her sisters. And then this one time, Jenny wasn't on the bus to go to school. Jenny, why'd you come to school today? Shh. 
Dad is taking a nap. Mama always said that God is mysterious. He didn't turn Jenny into a bird that day. Instead, he had the police say Jenny didn't have to stay in that house no more. She went to live with her grandma just over on Creekmore Avenue, which made me happy because she was so close. Years later, a gap develops between Forrest and Jenny. He loves her perfectly and faithfully, but she, on the other hand, regularly leaves uh, Forrest in pursuit of self-destructive relationships and habits. He learns that she's uh, working in a strip club, and he goes in and fights the guys who are mistreating her. But instead of being thankful, she runs again. Let's look at this clip. You can't keep doing this, Forrest. You can't keep trying to rescue me all the time. They was trying to grab you. A lot of people try to grab me. You, you can't keep doing this all the time. I can't help it. I love you. Forrest, you don't know what love is. You remember that time we prayed, Forrest? We pray for God to turn me into a bird so I could fly far, far away. Yes, I do. You think I can fly off this bridge? What do you mean, Jenny? Get out of here. Wait, Jenny. Forrest, you stay away from me, okay? You just stay away from me, please. Can I ride? Where you going? I don't care. In the truck. So bye-bye, Jenny. They sending me to Vietnam. It's this whole other country. Just hang on a minute. And you promise me something, okay? Just, if you're ever in trouble, don't try to be brave. You just run, okay? Just run away. Okay. Jenny! I write you all the time. Not only and just like that, does she leave him, gone. she leaves him from, for some random guy who just happens to come along. Perhaps one of the greatest pictures of 
of sin that's ever been painted. But that sin coming from abuses, coming from hurt and pain. And she doesn't know what else to do but to run. And like Jenny, we stand alongside our loving Savior who wants to rescue us from a life of sin and death and who wants to, hurt, who, who wants to heal our hurts and our habits and our hang-ups. We run to the most convenient sin to numb things as our Savior stands and watches. Hosea knew what that pain was like, like Forrest. He and Gomer had three kids, and you might think that things are going pretty well for a while, but they really aren't. Although she is still married to Hosea, Gomer does the unthinkable. She keeps working as a prostitute, cheating on her husband. Think about how ridiculous that is. Hosea 2, 5. She's a shameless prostitute, became pregnant in a shameful way. She said, I'll run after other lovers. I'll sell myself to them for food and water, for clothing and wool and linen, and for olive oil and drinks. Hosea 2.8. She doesn't realize it, but I was one who gave her everything she has, the grain, the new wine, the olive oil. I even gave her silver and gold. But she gave all my gifts to Baal. She has everything she needs provided by that good, faithful prophet. Plus, she's bringing shame upon his work. Can you imagine if you were driving through the red light district and you saw a pastor's wife standing on the street corner? You'd probably be concerned about her, right? He was supposed to be a leader in Israel. His wife doesn't respect him. Gomer is a symbolic of Israel. God has given them so many good, good things. Yet they literally offered these things right back to false gods and idols. And it seems both Forrest and Jenny are always running. She's running away from him in the worst situations. He's running to rescue her because he loves her and he wants to be with her. And while he's fighting in Vietnam, she's dating abusive guys in the war protest movement. At one point, he confronts one of the abusers and then he gives her, Jenny, the Medal of Honor. Think about it. He get, a war hero gives a, a war protester the very medal that he's earned. Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice for you and me. And he freely gives us the blessing of his grace, even though we don't deserve it. But like Jenny, we get on fire for God for a short time, or we try to change. But we oscillate back to following our way to our own devices. Because of the abuses, because of the pain, we don't know how to deal and we don't trust in the grace of God. And we have so many ministries here at Anderson Hills that tries to help us along this human journey, like Celebrate Recovery, Break Free Workshop, Counseling, and so many other ways in which we can experience God's healing through the ministries of the church. And so throughout, throughout the movie, Jenny oscillates between destructive relationships and returning to Forrest, who is always there for her. Once he and Jenny visit a very painful place, the house where her father abused her.
Sometimes I guess there just aren't enough rocks. Forrest buys that land and he tears down that house. Sometimes there just aren't enough rocks, are there? You see, whether it's Jenny or Gomer or me or any other sinner, there are reasons why we commit the sins that we commit. It doesn't excuse them, but we need to deal with the root problem, the causes. There's the healing and grace of God through the various ministries of what we call the church. And while Forrest cannot change Jenny's past, he mourns with her. He listens to her. He gives her space. It doesn't end there. He offers the greatest gift of love that he can give. He offers himself. Will you marry me? I'd make a good husband, Jenny. You would, Forrest. But you won't marry me. You don't want to marry me. Why don't you love me, Jenny? I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. Tragically, the next day she runs off again. Wouldn't see him for a few more years. When she finally does marry him, it was soon before she dies of AIDS. And he cares for her. Forrest is a simple example of unconditional love, undeserved, but also usually unreciprocated. Hosea was called to show the same type of love, my friends. And his wife left him to return to prostitution. But eventually God said, go and find her. Hosea 3.1, Then the Lord said to me, go, love your wife again, even though she commits adultery with another lover. This will illustrate that the Lord still loves Israel, even though the people have turned to other gods and love to worship them. He has to go looking for his wife. This prophet of God, this man of God, and he goes to a place where he should not be roaming. God sends him to that red light district in a mission to find her. And he walks around. Have you seen my wife Gomer? And he probably approached men that had been with Gomer, like saying, No, what? I didn't know she was your wife. And then. It says, so I brought her back for 15 pieces of silver, about six ounces, and five bushels of barley and a measure of wine. It seems like he, he walked into a, a sex slave auction and that his wife was literally in the process of being sold in some ancient human trafficking ring. It's unreal, isn't it, to think about that? She had everything she, want, she could want. Yet she refused to give up her old job 
and somehow got into the awful position of her body being sold. And she stands there ashamed on the auction block as men yell and whistle. And the bidding begins. And she hears, though, a strange, familiar voice that rises above the other voices. And she looks out and sees the winning bidder, my friends. That's her husband. The man she chose to leave. The man she cheated on and embarrassed and hurt so deeply. She was already his. He chose, though, to sacrifice and to pay for her. He bought her back. I'm Gomer. I'm like Jenny. But Jesus is like Hosea and like Forrest. You see, Hosea, when he explained it, when Jesus explained it, he quotes Hosea. And we have to remember Jesus' mission statement. He says, I have come to seek that, seek and save that which is lost. And then he quotes Hosea 6.6. 6. He says, for I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and an acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. These stories are about us, my friends. We are Gomer. We are Jenny. And Jesus is better and Hosea in forest. In 1 John 4, we realize that God showed his love among us, that he sent his only son, one and only son into the world, that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin, as a healing, a redemption of our sin that God has bought us back. And you see, it doesn't end there. We also need to know the other realization, my friends, that there are gomers everywhere. There are people like Jenny everywhere. Verse 11, dear friends, since God, since God loved us, we also ought to love one another. Would you go after a gomer? Would you keep loving a Jenny? Would you love the unlovable, the one who seems to be getting exactly what he or she deserves. There are so many souls on the selling block today. Will you extend grace and forgiveness to them to help them heal and to help them learn to love God again? Will you extend that grace? Will you? We come today to a table of grace a table where we are bought back through the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ. His forgiveness and grace found in the breaking of His body and the shedding of His blood. Let us pray. Almighty God, prepare our hearts to come to this table before us, set for us now. We come to you mindful of our sin. When we turned away and our love failed, though your love remained steadfast. So we pray now in these moments, Lord, we pray and confess our sin in silence to you, O great lover. God, we thank you for forgiving our sins. We thank you for your incredible grace that keeps on pursuing 
that you indeed seek and save that which is lost and that you have bought us back. As we say these words in the liturgy, Lord, may they become a part of us and a part of our reality, a part of our redemption. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.